We're going to have a conversation here. We've talked about this before. We've talked about artificial intelligence before, at least. Um, a lot. And frankly, we've spent a, a fair bit of time talking about the potential risks that this technology poses. And there are many. One of the scariest ones, for me anyway, um, and it's not just me. Like I told you earlier, the World Economic Forum came out today and said that deep fakes and artificial intelligence pose the greatest threat to our society in the coming years. And I agree with them. Um, deep fakes, what is that? Well, that's the ability to create pictures, audio, videos of someone doing or saying something that they never actually said or did. And they can be, frankly, they can be um, very, very convincing, like to the point where I don't know if you could tell the difference. I, in some cases, you can't. I've seen some of them and they're not hard to find. They're all on the internet already. And if you look for a little bit, you'll find one. For example, let me play one for you. This is, well, you tell me who you think it is. I am not Morgan Freeman, and what you see is not real. Well, at least in contemporary terms, it is not. What if I were to tell you that I am not even a human being? Would you believe me? I would like to welcome you to the era of synthetic reality. Now, what do you see? That's a video of legendary actor Morgan Freeman, but it's not. It's a deep fake of Morgan Freeman on video saying, as you heard, this isn't really Morgan Freeman. Now, if you watch this video and you listen to the audio, you would not be able to tell that it's not actually Morgan Freeman, but it's artificial intelligence. It's a deep fake. It's completely created by a computer. Morgan Freeman never said this, never did this. The computer completely manufactured it. Now, you don't have to think too hard about how destructive that could be if we're suddenly capable of creating videos of anyone and everyone doing and saying things they never did, never would do. Think of your kids for a minute. Think of your grandkids for a second here. Now. We know bullying is an issue. This goes beyond any kind of bullying we've ever imagined before. And advocates wisely are saying we need to act yesterday. We need to move on this. Dr. Caitlin Mendez is an associate professor at Western University and the Canada Research Chair in Inequality and Gender. And she joins us now. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for being with us today. I do appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. So we're going to be talking about fake videos, fake videos, but it, it goes beyond that, right? I mean, you, you, you talk about something that um, we're calling tech-facilitated sexual violence. So it's a big umbrella term. Give us some idea of what that entails and where deepfakes and AI fits into it all. Yeah, so this is a term that we're really advocating we use instead of terms like cyberbullying. When we're talking about tech-facilitated sexual violence, we can talk about a range of things. It can include things like rape or death threats. It can include the use of air tags or GPS location to stalk someone. It can include uh, cyber flashing, so getting sent unwanted sexual images or having um, sexual or intimate images disclosed without uh, or shared without your consent. And obviously, deep fakes are really, uh, you know, they're linked with that. It's something that we're starting to see happen. So we're starting to see, for example, there was a girl in Winnipeg a few weeks ago who had her image. They used AI technology, and it made it look as if she was engaging in porn. So this is something that, you know, the technology is available. It's easy for anybody to use. You don't have to kind of be tech savvy. And this is definitely a threat that I think we can 
expect to see more of these kinds of cases uh, in the weeks and months to come. Absolutely. I think this is going to become almost commonplace in some ways. Um, I called it a form of bullying earlier, but that that doesn't even do it justice, right? I mean, this is different from bullying, much more serious in some ways. A hundred percent. And I think that's a really key point is that we're saying is if we're just calling it bullying, it's often dismissed. And I think it often doesn't alert people to know what their rights are or different forms of support. So, for example, in some cases, um, I mean, again, I'm not necessarily talking about deep fakes, but if you have intimate images that are shared without your consent, this is actually now a a crime in Canada. Um, There are criminal laws and there are civil laws that people can actually use to kind of get justice or get the image taken down or get compensation. Now, when it comes to deep fakes and AI, the laws are a little bit blurry. Um, you know, we legal scholars don't quite have a great hold on, you know, what are the legal uh, repercussions for this. Um, now, you study curriculum, and I think this is so important. Are we doing enough? Well, we'll check that. Are we doing anything to, to work with kids, to educate kids about what's happening out there and how to handle it? You know, there's some really great educators out there who are doing their very best. So if we look across the curriculum, though, no, we can see that these topics aren't included. They aren't embedded in the curriculum. And that's because the curriculum is often updated, say, every 10 years. So if we think of all that's changed with technology over the past 10 years, like they weren't thinking about AI, they weren't thinking about deep fakes um, in the past. But it's something that we need educators to really um, start thinking about and start including, even if it's not technically or officially included in the curriculum. We need to start finding ways to talk to young people about these things and talk about their rights and their responsibilities and thinking things like the right to privacy, thinking about ethics around image sharing and the ethics around generating these artificially you know, created images and, and sharing them as well. Doctor, have we made that connection that you talk about? Because I think, you know, sexual violence, we've all got a pretty clear understanding of, you know, how that, that's wrong. It's, it's something that we jump to action on very quickly. But have we made the connection to, well, it often starts here. This is where it comes from. This, this is sort of the generation is the online interaction is sort of the genesis for a lot of what we ultimately see and get so upset about. Yeah, and I think that's one thing when we look at the curriculum, we can see that although, you know, the curriculum often talks about sexual violence, they're not making the connection that it often is happening through digital technologies, um, via digital technologies, and that's something we also need to change. So we need to update all of the kinds of conversations that we're having and making sure that people who are of an older generation, you know, myself included, um, are, are aware of the way that technology is being used to perpetuate this kind of violence. In terms of what we teach kids, the one thing that always strikes me when we talk about the online, you know, sextortion or whatever the case may be, and that's, you know, you can imagine if somebody's created a pornographic video of you starring in it and you'd had nothing to do with it. I think the, the embarrassment, the shame, the stigma is something that we need to try and handle because kids feel trapped, right? We, we've all seen how, you know, how that shame, that hopelessness, that not being able to see a way out ends with tragic, irreversible decisions. In our country, we've seen examples of this. So... Should we be educating kids about how to respond to this if they do become victim? A hundred percent. I think we need to show them that there are places they can go for support. There are places that can go help get the images taken down. And then there's also the emotional supports that can help counsel them through it. We need to also stop telling kids that, you know, if these images are out there, whether they're real or artificially generated, that their lives are over, that the images are going to be there for the rest of their lives. Because it's those kinds of messages that I think have led to some of the really tragic cases we've seen recently. Like there was a 12-year-old boy in BC who died by suicide after he was sextorted Mm. for images. 
So I think that we really need to change the kind of messages we're saying um, and, and sharing with young people so that they don't feel trapped and hopeless and know that there are ways um, to get images taken down and there are places who can go and support them and make sure that they don't feel like, you know, this is the end of the world and that they were just complete idiots, right. um, you know, whether they did something wrong or, or not. Yeah, it, it's so scary. It really is. Uh, Dr. Menes, thank you so much for being with us today. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.